Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show. This is your weekend racing preview focusing on the Irish Derby on Sunday. I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm delighted to be joined by Andy Holding and Johnny Ward. How are you both doing? Johnny, I know you were at a gig last night. I was. I was at Kraftwerk. Um, so it was, it's lovely. I mean, it's, it's, it's not the easiest thing to do now for me, but to be at a gig where, where you're one of the younger people there, um, still a, <laughs> it's a lovely experience. Um, Andy, Andy be a similar age, give or take, to the birth of Kraftwerk, I would have thought. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy you put me in that age category yeah you know yeah I, 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 if we're talking the um the german synth band for um pop band from sort of like the 70s 80s then that, that is that am i in the right di- direction you are indeed and it's 70s yeah. rather than 80s <laughs> yeah she, she she's a model and i'm looking good is that one of the lines is it exactly i um i was at lords yesterday johnny was at a gig andy what are you getting up to um uh, yeah, I've come down to Anglesey with, um, just for a few days um, break, um, just to uh, reflect on Ascot and um, watch a bit of cricket and stuff like that. So yeah, just a peaceful, gentle couple of days before um, the good weekend we're going to de- deal with now. Uh, I, I agree with John. Nice. I think um, it's um, it, it looks a mouthwater in three days. Plenty of betting opportunities, loads of premier handicaps as well as good um, group races. So hopefully we can make a decent fist of it. Yeah, we're going to kick off uh, by looking at the um, Northumberland plate on Saturday, recording this about 11 o'clock on Friday to give us enough time to get final decks in for for Sunday's racing over at the Curra. We're going to kind of try and go through the the group racing as we can. Um, But as Andy says, some some decent handicaps around as well. So I will throw uh, throw it open for Andy uh, and Johnny to pick out any they want to pick out in those uh, two. But we'll start, as I say, with the Northumberland plate. It's 2.05 on Saturday. And here we have got uh, Golden Rules, who is the 130 favourite ahead of a Juvent at 13 to 2. Post Impressionist 13 to 2. Zoffy 8 to 1. Uh, Nathaniel Green 10 to 1. Uh, Omniscient 10 to 1. Laura the Sea 12 to 1. Calling the Wind 14 to 1. 16 to 1. Bar those. These are the best prices on Odds Checker. So uh, these are both on the grids or download the Odds Checker app where you can find the best prices. Bookie offers free bets. Place terms. Sky bet sticking their neck out going a fifth to seven places. A few other firms six places and the best tipsters in the game uh, including andy himself uh, coming straight to the app every morning of racing so andy who's your pick for the plate well certainly surprised that golden rules is so short uh, he's one of the most interesting runners in the field certainly get that with that encouraging and eye-catching win at kenton um not so long ago um he's clearly been targeted for, the, for this race because he, he hasn't run since but he's his numbers just don't stack up um you know, and 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 make sense of him being a three to one favourite at this stage. I, I'd imagine he'll drift out from that price. Um, I think he's got to improve quite significantly on what he's done, uh, and he's also, and importantly, not run here at Newcastle. I think most of the previous winners here that have won this race have had a spin around the track at some stage. Um, quite a few of these participants, particularly the ones down the front end of the market, haven't got that on their CVs. So I think there's a rather lopsided look to this particular race, and it means that we could maybe search for a smidgen of value. And there's a few that are quoted at double figure odds that have um, enjoyed themselves around this trap before, including Rajinsky, who uh, surely must go on the shortlist, um, having run really well in the Chester Cup, as he's done in the in the past. He finished fourth behind uh, Meteor course this year. That race has worked out particularly well and the time figure was exceptionally good he was fourth in this race last year to true albeit off a, 
a slightly lower mark. He's got a good draw. Uh, Hugo Palmer's gone out of his way to get a good apprentice on as well, Conor Planners. And he's a nice price. I think around about 16 to 1, as you quoted mm-hmm. earlier. Um, I think he'll do for me as my maybe my number one choice. And there's a couple as well lurking down at much, much bigger odds that I do think are slightly overpriced, well, way overpriced. One's Aztec Empire, who uh, failed to cut much ice on soft ground when last seen on the turf. But if you look at his overall profile and particularly your weather profile, He's very much going in the right direction. I think he can scratch his previous run as well in that small field tactical event when he pulled too hard in the race that was won by Bandanelle. But um, all his body work prior to that suggested he was very much an upwardly mobile all-weather performer. Um, his time figures that we've got are exceptionally good, right up there with some of the best that these have done. You know, the likes of Rajinsky and the horses have run in, have run in these top high-end Saturday handicaps. Um and I think with a bigger field, he's more likely to settle this time on a surface that he should in, enjoy. And Andrew Baldwin's gone out of his way to book Harry Davis as well, obviously um, a, a very useful apprentice. So at the odds, I do think Rajinsky, 16 to 1, and Aztec Empire, 33s. Am I in the right ballpark with him? Yeah, you yeah, are. Yeah. So uh, we have got um, Rajinsky, 16 to 1, with 365 um, paddies for both six places. Sky Bet, 14 to 1, with the seven places. And yeah. Aztec Empire, 33 to 1. Um, that is with uh, your best place terms you're going to get is again 365, who are six places, but also there with Victor, uh, Coral, uh, Betfred, and a couple of others too. Yeah, he's got, he's got just way <clears> too <throat> much talent, Aztec Empire, to be ever considered a 33 to 1 shot. Um, like I say, in a race where they, the front end take a huge chunk out of the market um, and you can pick holes in them through either no great time figures or no all-weather stroke uh, Newcastle experience, then um, this one could be up for grabs or could it be, could it be, up, be up for a little bit of a shock. Yeah, lovely stuff from Andy there. Uh, thinking Golden Rules whilst being an interesting runner too short at the top end of the market. Um, although 365 have just come out 7-2, to two, so a bit of a drift on already. Uh, maybe after that initial money came in after final decks. Uh, but two against the field there um, with all the places involved too. Rajinsky and Aztec Empire. Um, Johnny, uh, what are your views on uh, on the, the plate tomorrow? I have no views on the plate. I'm happy to listen to Andy here. Hopefully he'll have uh, some better advice for the car. <laughs> Andy, um, there's some other decent racing on the card in Newcastle as well. Uh, the Chip Chase States, uh, the Group 3, uh, where Tiber Flow um, is just favourite ahead of Brad the Brief, 7-2, to 4-1. And then, of course, the, the Vars as well, which is the race before the plate. Uh, anything else on the card here at Newcastle before we move over the Irish seat? Yeah, Tiber Flow, you, you know, you've always got to consider that horse on an all-weather surface as one here at the track. I think it's won this race before. Might, might have been in this race last year. Um, so um, connections are clearly... Um, targeting this particular event. Um, I think Spy Catch is interesting uh, from the Carl Burke stable. Um, I think it was due to run or entered up to run at Royal Ascot, but the ground ended up being a little bit on the on the quick side, so they shelved that. Um, but um, he's been in good form and he's running the, I think it was the Victoria Cup behind Rebel Territory, reads really well. The form of that race has worked out exceptionally well. He goes well fresh um, and he's got, a, he's got a bit of back class here at um, Newcastle as well, so I thought he was a a consideration anyway, let's say, against um, the core specialist type of flow in the chip trade. But the, the rest of the card, uh, I'd be lying if, I, if, if, I'm, if I've said I've gone through with a fine tooth going, but needless <laughs> to say, there'll be um, there'll probably one or two um, horses I'll be looking to put up on my column on Saturday morning. Keep your eyes peeled. Yes, yeah, Spycatcher there is uh, 
currently nine to two. That's for Bet Victor, pretty much four to one across the board. Uh, otherwise, um, let's go to the car and we can bring uh, Johnny in for his first uh, reckoning. Um, we've got, I mean, it, it, it's not the best betting heat. Uh, the early stakes uh, over six furlongs, the, the second race on the card on Saturday at the Cara. Uh, with Matrika, the four to nine favourite, head of ground job at nine to two. Uh, Gunsberg ten to one. Do it with Star sixteen to one. Launch twenty to one. Miss Roberts twenty two to one. Uh, Ashweer thirty three to one. Nothing makes me more sad, Johnny, than a four to nine favourite and seven runners. But that's what we've got here. Yeah, to be honest, even if there were eight runners, I don't think there's anything stand out in the races in each way angle, George. Like the, the, Andy kind of alluded to it at the top. We're we're doing the last two days with Curra, but over the three days, um, some really good betting. Um, suggestions i think anyway and this race to me isn't one of them because you've to back the outstanding uh, form horse in the race who effectively on all lines of form wins this um claffer form and maiden form wins this and she's a fine straightforward horse but she's running eight days after going to royal ascot you're going over to royal ascot she was a little bit upset at the start and as much as she ran an extremely good race i mean if she were to sort of disappoint here you wouldn't be amazed. So if you want to take four to nine about a horse that um, you're not really guaranteed to get uh, the best out of on her third run, um, and she's just, it's, it's kind of unusual for Aidan O'Brien. It's more Jim Bulger-esque, really, to run a horse so quickly, particularly, um, you know, she had a tough race at Royal Ascot. She's probably a very good horse. Um, I think she will improve, but as I say, she should win, but I don't like backing horses with that profile at that sort of price, so it's a no-bet race for me. No-bet race uh, for Johnny. Andy, can you find us? Uh, you can normally find us a place somehow. Um, I'd probably maybe recommend um, Gunsberg without the favourite. That's the only option I could see. I agree with Johnny yeah. with uh, Matrika. Thought she ran an excellent race in, in what was was a good Queen Mary this year. It's only based on the time figures that we've got. That was one of the better juvenile contests, and she was drawn in still one that day as well on the outside. I don't think that did her any favours. She had to use a little bit of petrol to get over into the favoured middle of the track. She was only beaten by one horse on the day, Porter Fortuna, who's obviously a very smart filly. Um, and there's good gaps back between sort of like the, the rest of the field. They didn't finish in a heap to suggest it was a above average renewal. Um, she's already got course and distance form with her maiden win, as Johnny's pointed to. And that race has worked out really well. Um, but Gunsberg, who finished fourth that day, wasn't knocked about uh, on that occasion. Um, she's obviously got to turn around the form with... Um, Matrika, which I don't think she'll do, but I think Grand Job is obviously the marker with regards betting without the favourite because uh, Grand Job mm. was second when she was fourth. But the good thing with Gunsberg, she's already gone on to win herself and she's had another run under her belt. So I think that could be quite significant. So she's going to be a lot more streetwise than she was on debut. Um, she comes from a yard as well that's always time and time again underestimated. I'm going to talk about one of um, his horses as well later on in the piece. But given the amount of quality winners he has and, and, and now at group one level they seem to always go a little bit under the radar like like this horse has so i think we should uh, perhaps take advantage of that situation here and back um gunsberg without the favorite and i hope that she turns around the form with grand job which is the uh the main objective of, the, of that selection the only provisor george had had with that um and i'm a big paddy toomey fan i'm going to tip one of his horses up in the next is that his horses are very very sharp first time so i wouldn't say necessarily his two-year-olds are be massively improving run to run that'd be my, my one concern but everything else uh, i'd agree with on on what andy said uh only one firm out at the moment without without matrika market i'm sure plenty more will become uh tomorrow morning but gunsberg is 130 in that market with skybet as it stands with grand job the six to five favorite uh, a bit of a teaser there from johnny um we're on to the 
uh, next race that we have prices for at the moment, which is the Yulong Pretty Poly Stakes over a mile and two furlongs. And Via Sistina is the joint favourite above the curve. They are five to two, the pair. Never ending story, nine to two. And I assume the horse we're about to hear tipped up by Johnny, uh, Ross Carberry for, for Paddy Toomey. Uh, this is a, a great example of where Odds Checker can really pay because four to one basically market price, but 365 are out and they're seven to one as it stands at the moment. Um, uh, insinuendo is 16 to 1 20 to 1 bar those uh, Johnny what is it about Ross Carberry's chances that you uh, that you like here yeah Andy's Andy spoke about the yards um, this filly was trained by John Murphy up until last year and since uh, she joined Paddy Toomey Paddy Toomey's strike rate is phenomenal and she played a really important role in that because her form last year was 1-1-1-1 one, 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 one. And then um, she ran in this race and she was beaten two lengths. Now, she was a 20 to one shot, but since then she's won twice. Uh, again, she was second uh, at uh, Deauville. She was fourth to Kiprios in the Irish Ledger. Um, and then last time, uh, then she ran at Ascot behind Emily Upjohn. She was only beaten four lengths or so. And then on her return at Cork, she won. The, the, the proviso with her is that she stays so well. That if this is tactical, um, it won't suit her. Now she she still actually travelled pretty well in the race last year. She was disqualified on a very very bizarre um, weight related technicality that Paddy Toomey um, was querying for a long time afterwards. I don't think I don't think it was ever I don't think it was ever actually given back to her. But she did finish third on the day. Now she was twenty to one. Um, but I don't think this race that was a good renewal of the race. La Petite Coco won it for Paddy Toomey and, and um, My Astra was second, who was the favourite. It, it looked solid, um, a solid renewal of it. Now, this is a good renewal. I mean, I do like uh, Above the Curve as a horse. I know she was very well touted early on in her career um, and she's kind of backed that up. And I think 10 furlongs is ideal for her. And obviously you have um, George Bowie coming over with the Via Sestina, um, who's, who was very impressed with Newmark the last time, probably... Um, is going to be better again over the 10 furlongs. But if there's any pace on here with her reliability and how well she runs practically every time she togs out, how well she ran in the race last year, more than happy to back Ross Carberry at sevens. Ross Carberry, seven to one. Uh, the pick there for Johnny, as I say, that is best price at 365, given the prices of the rest of the market <laughs> will likely shorten up uh, fairly quickly. Uh, Andy, where do you sit here? Yeah, absolutely the same as, as Johnny um, with regards a horse's chances. But then when you equate that and, and put it alongside the actual price that it's been uh, chalked up at, i.e. stand out 7-1 to with, with mm. Bet365. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, I think most firms have gone 4-1, to one, probably yeah. more near near the mark. Um, I mean, yeah, she's just a really likeable progressive filly, as Johnny's alluded to. And I think the fact that this race has been the target since she ran in the race last year, or perhaps through through the winter months when they were uh, mopping up, a, uh, working out a plan for her, I think it's significant because she came here not as an afterthought. Don't don't get me wrong, she she was totally uh, deserving of her place in the lineup after those four back to back wins. But the fact that she did have four hard races coming here last year um, might have just took its toll. Uh, but it's still an excellent excellent run. You know, third behind Saber Companion and Petite Coco, as Johnny's alluded to, the Group One is is a massive step forward from where she started the season. And I really liked her comeback victory at Cork. It was over a mile and a half. She only won by half a length, but the way she moved through that race, she quickened to assume command over two furlongs out. And then for me, just idled in the latter stages or perhaps just got a little bit tired, first run for a little while, was the sign that she's definitely going in the right direction. But I like the fact that she's had a prep run over a mile and a half and she'll come here fit and fresher than she perhaps was 
12 months ago. I think she's a better filly than she was as well 12 months ago. A little bit more streetwise and a bit more hardy. Um, but either way, you strip it down. It's hard to see Ros Carberry not going well here. Um, albeit, you know, she has got to beat two very smart horses at this level. We know that above the curves, a, gr- a genuine group one horse who uh, operates well on softest ground uh, over this track. The ground is very important to Lesist- Via Sistina. I think she's a high-class horse in the making. Yes, she's won a Group 2, but she looked a Group 1 filly when she won at Newmarket. She looks, looks as though she just joined in at two furlong pole that day mm. when she breezed to the front of the hands of Jamie Spencer. Um, and obviously, this race has been the plan ever since. But all their best winning form has been on soft ground. So if it does rain, I think her chances increase. But if it stays as it is, then it might not necessarily be in her favour as much as others. Um, so as it stands on good ground, what we're looking at and having to deal with the prices that we've got, there's no doubt in my mind and Johnny's mind as well that Ross Carberry just cannot possibly be seven to one. Lovely stuff, Ross Carberry seven to one, uh, best price as we say, standout with three six five, a handshake from from Johnny and Andy on their selection here um, for the three twenty five at Curra on the Saturday. Uh, on to the next race, it is the international stakes where Al Reefer is the eleven to ten favourite again. That standout three six five odds on. Uh, with most other th- other firms, uh, Alfred Munnings is the seven to two second favourite. Lafayette four to one, uh, Mashur twelve to one. Self belief something you're not lacking, Andy sixteen to one. Uh, five runner race this one with Arifa, as I say, odds on with most firms, but a bit of odds against if you're with three six five. Uh, you with or with, with or against the Fab? I'd probably be against him just on this occasion at the prices. Um... If he's ever going to be vulnerable, arguably it's going to be first time out. Although, you know, Joseph will make sure that he's got him somewhere near peak fitness. You know, it is a prestigious race at the end of the day um, on, a, on a big weekend. So he certainly won't want to be embarrassing the horse by leaving him too undercooked. Mm. Not sure why he hasn't been out so far. Obviously, there's been one or two setbacks. He's talked about as being a guineas horse early in the season. I think the fact that he's such a big, tall, you know, rangy horse suggest that he hasn't been the easiest um so with that in mind i'll probably go with something i know is fitting well and he's always likely to run his race and that's lafayette um who's kind of like one of those unsung heroes that noel mead often has on the flat but noel mead does really well with um horses that he sends here at group level um he has another horse that likes soft ground that's got a really good cv here which name escapes me but lafayette is certainly building up a decent body of work as well of his own um I thought he was really impressive last time out when he won uh, quite comfortably at um, Limerick. He didn't beat a particularly strong field, but it was just the manner in which he did it, which I liked. The time figure was really, really good. And he certainly hasn't been disgraced on his two previous runs either. Um, prior to that, he loves it here at the Curra. He's got a really sharp turn of foot. And I think he's been underestimated in the market um, with fitness on his side. So... I'll go with Lafayette on this occasion. I'm going to watch Al Riffa. I'd certainly be no shock if he if he was to win it. But the actual overall form of that national stakes and the fact that he hasn't run for 293 days just puts me off at the price. Lafayette, 4-1. to one. Uh, Skybet, Hills, 888, Coral, a couple of others too. Uh, the selection for Andy at the prices, although, as he says, no surprise if the favourite does oblige. Uh, Johnny, how do you see this? Yeah, and he's right about the national stakes. In fairness, Proud and Regal won at uh, Song Clue. He won a Group One, but it, it definitely wasn't the strongest renewal, and we did have a disappointing favourite. But 
I was so impressed by this horse. Um, and like, if you if you remember, Joyce was saying afterwards, like he was absolutely out and out three year old, if not four year old. He couldn't believe that he was doing this as a two year old. And he, I, I've actually never seen him talk about a horse that he trained in the way that he spoke about this horse. Now, you're getting odds against a shade of odds against, but like in terms of the potential this horse has and the absolute certainty that he's going to be better, like literally this is on pedigree and everything is it's 100% certain this horse is going to be better over a mile and two or further this year. His pedigree is all about like a mile and a half plus. Um, Wooden Bassett obviously got the Derby runner up um, and is getting plenty of horses who stay, but on the damn side, this horse is all stamina. And if you see the way he races, I wouldn't have any concern he's going to be keen or anything like that. Um, and if this is a sort of a tactical race, which it might be uh, with the five runners, it won't bother him at all because he has a turn of foot. So I think I think in terms of potential, these are all solid group three horses. Like that's None of them has the potential to be any better than that, with the obvious exception of Al Riffa, who should, and maybe, okay, maybe Aidens as well, who's won twice, Alfred Mullings, but his performance, um, the, the turn of foot he showed in the national stakes, and as I say, with that certainty that he has to improve over the trip, I'd be happy to back him at 11 to 10. I'd have a small saver on self-belief just at 16s. He flopped the last day, but on general form, um, I, 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 like he's rated 105 on ratings. He's more or less bang there. Um, Lafayette, I was at Limerick. I thought that was a lovely performance, but really this should be a far, far better race than that. I certainly hope it is. Yeah, self-belief 16 to 1 uh, pretty much across the board the saver but Arifa the selection there for, for Johnny if you can get that 11 to 10 um, there um, anything else on the card on the Saturday before we move on to Sunday uh, in the handicaps no prices obviously as it stands right now uh, Andy anything that, that the guys should account for um, yeah I was quite impressed with Dancing Tango when she won down in Fairy House the other day um, she looked vulnerable two films out Expected as well from a horse that one has been running over mile six, two miles on, on the uh, on the old weather at Dundor. But then the turn of foot she found from that juncture to the line was quite incredible. I did the splits that day and she was by miles the best on that card, including loads over six and seven furlongs. So she found a rare turn of foot. And I think a strongly run mile on the court is the key to her on a stiff track as well. I think that playing to her strengths. Maxine O'Sullivan's been booked. So that's a signal intent from the uh, O'Brien camp. So dancing tango in the uh, I think it's a ladies' derby, um, is, is definitely worth a look. And there's been a horse that has caught my eye twice here at the Cora uh, so far this season that runs in the last race. She's hybrid, again trained by Normeed. Um, didn't get anything like a clear run the other day when finishing fourth in a similar race to this. Uh, but I marked it up as um, one of the most likely winners. Had it got a clear run, that was that, that, was that run behind Nuzrit. And then if you again, if you go back and watch its previous um, exploits the time before behind... Um, Dan Rapid also got absolutely no run whatsoever. So it's been very unlucky on its last two runs. Goes back to the Curragh, hoping to be third time lucky. Um, so let's hope that Adam Caffrey can um, weave his way through on this um, on this mare trained by Normede in the last race. Good stuff there. A couple from Andy. Uh, Johnny, any others that you've got in the notebook for, for Saturday? I'm actually going, I'm going racing Sunday, but um, I'm almost reluctant not to be going tomorrow um, because I just, I think this is such a good card. And as Andy mentions, even that last handicap is an absolute banger. Like, and you'd hopefully have the four each way places as well. Um, certainly at the racetrack, you will. Uh, a lot of them going five at this stage. Yeah. This is five Skybet parties, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, and in fairness to the bookmakers, um, you know, they, they actually, they are often really good each way place markets on run of the mill races. So they're, they're definitely going to be giving you some uh, good competition at the Curra. A couple of other horses to note. Um, in the 140, this is the first race. Um, Huxley's a very interesting horse for me. Now, 
Andy probably agreed with me on this. Like this horse was eye catching the last day, but you're also kind of speculating as to what price he's going to be. He was seven to two first time out. He finished he finished behind School of Law then, um, but School of Law I'd imagine was a bit sharper. This horse is is really bred to improve with time. He's from a really good. Um, Galileo uh, family and um, he, he was funny because he was ridden prominently but he did find plenty of trouble under Gavin Ryan just probably wasn't quite able to lie up on, on debut and what looked a muddling race but found all manner of trouble and then was completely eased down to essentially freewheel home um, and with Dunica's two-year-olds this season I think he's 40, 45% or so in Ireland he's obviously had a winner of Royal Ascot as well um, I really do like this horse I think he's going to be an E-Trade price because City of Troy who I think is a brother to Bertinelli um, he's first time out in the race and he's Aiden's only runner so I think you're going to get a price but I actually I hope Andy has had half a look at Apache Outlaw in the 250. Um, this is a horse by Churchill, who he won a maiden um, at Fairy House last year, and he's a massive, massive big horse. And you can see the day he won his maiden, basically dwarf and everything around him. Um, now it's kind of been a little bit hit and miss with him since, but he ran over five furlongs here the last day, um, and he seemed to kind of he 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 has a tendency to hang in his races, but they took off the tongue tie, um, which is back on tomorrow. But he seemed to kind of hang, and then he was kind of carried across the track, travelled really really well. And um, now Connor Stone Walsh, who claimed seven, he's had a brilliant season. He's one of these former pony riders from up Donegal, where we've all these brilliant young riders like Dylan Brown McMonagall coming from. This lad's a very good rider. He's still claiming seven. I think it's quite interesting that Joseph entrusts him with the ride again because he's not the most straightforward he's really really strong but six furlongs in a big field handicap on the base of that run the last day I, I can't wait to see how they price him up interesting keep your eyes peeled I assume prices will be coming out probably about four or five o'clock this, this afternoon on Friday afternoon um so odds check uh, uh the app uh, or online is the place to go for that Andy what just, are you going to say yeah just a quick line on that Conestone Walsh um mm. Yeah, the, the several times I've I've seen him, I've, I've made a big note of this fella. Funny enough, um, guy was speaking to him this morning. Um, guy owns horses over here, and he's looking to book a crack Irish um, boy for perhaps riding in one of these uh, um, apprentice races over here. And he said, "Give me some Irish names," and that was the first name I mentioned. So whether he books him or not, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I'm certainly onto that Conestown Walsh. He's, Daniel he's King, if he if he needs a replacement, although he'd have to do the weight. Yes, yeah, he's another one as well. There's so many. I mean, you, you never get a bad Irish apprentice, but I think if you're having a, peck, a pecking order, then Conestown Walsh has been in the top top three in most judges' lists. Yeah, I I actually think at the moment, George, that that the standard of young Irish flat jockeys is probably as good as I've ever seen it. It's just insanely good, and there there will be others who will emerge from the pack as well. Daniel King is Connor King's brother. He, he his weight mm. is probably the, the the issue that he's going to have in terms of the flat going forward, but. You know, Ben Cohn is he's still quite young. I think he's absolutely outstanding. And then you've Connor as well. And um yeah, it's it's an exciting time for uh, young flat riders in Ireland. Really exciting. Uh, and looking forward to seeing how they get on uh, over the course of the weekend at the Curra. Um on to Sunday's card, just two races we're gonna preview here. Um just the two group races. Although frustratingly, we've beaten the clock um when it comes to the the, the first on the card, the railway stakes, where no prices as of yet, but we've got uh, Buccaneer Fuerte, Democracy, Devious, His Majesty, I Am Invictus, Lightning Army, uh, Mythology, Supersonic Man, and Unquestionable here. Um, the uh, His Majesty was, of course, the form line that could have thrown up a, an 150 to 1 win at Royal Ascot if you were alert to it. Um, the Valiant Force, of course, um, running behind uh, His Majesty on debut. Um, but yeah, a, a decent 
uh, renewal here, high quality. Andy, this is uh, your bag, isn't it? Two-year-olds with, a, with a, a few runs behind them. Um, who makes appeal here before we can actually see the prices themselves? Um, yeah, I mean, having studied all the Ascot two-year-old races, um, looked at the times and how they all performed and with the likelihood of perhaps one or two improving, it would be fairly obvious to me that His Majesty would be one of the favourites here. And I presume that Ryan Moore will ride that colt. Uh, I'll be surprised mm. if he doesn't, even though he's not jocked up at the very moment in time. Um, he was the best of those that raced towards the stand side in that, that um, Norfolk Stakes, which obviously did go the way of a, a shock winner on the day. Uh, but the time figure was really good to suggest it was, a, it was there was no fluke about it. Um, and I think if His Majesty would have been drawn over where the main players ended up racing, he probably would have won. Um, I think the fact that Aidan's decided to roll the dice again is, is an indication that the horse is, is well after that race. Obviously, it can have a, adverse effects on certain horses. We just don't know until they run. For instance, a horse called the Urban, Urban Sprawler was third in the Britanniana. We're dealing with an older horse. Bombed out at Newmarket yesterday, finished last of six. So you just have to bear that in mind when you're dealing with um, other horses who are fresh and out of Miss Royal Ascot. The other one I'd mention as well... Um, is uh, one of Joseph O'Brien's horses called Mythology, who ran a really eye-catching race on debut here um, behind Alifi. Uh, we'll get a good guide to that form with my mate Alfie, who runs on the Friday as we speak, first race on the on the uh, on the first day of the three-day carnival. Alabama, who was fourth, ran really well at Royal Ascot, and I thought Mythology showed really well. She he was drawn nine of nine, which is always a bit inconvenient mm -hmm. for a first time out horse when you're on the wing with no cover you're always going to either miss it or jump out to your left and you end up racing on the outside and that's exactly what happened to, to this horse but it was an encouraging run and then when you put on top of that the second in a barrier trial to Snellen um, uh, and throw that into the mix as well the, the way he shaped on that occasion chasing home Gavin Cromwell's also went on to win the Chesham and he's just mentioning horses who did me for money at Royal Ascot for the last five minutes here <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, yeah. There's a there's a knife through the there's a dagger through my heart as well with several of those two as well. So I'm I'm picking at old scabs here. Um, but yeah, I mean mythology. Say mythology's form is, is is as good as any of these. So even though it comes in the race and maiden, I think he's definitely worth more than the second look. It's like to be priced up. What what kind of price would you hoping for? I would I'd be surprised if that horse isn't double figures and upwards. I'd imagine His Majesty be favourite somewhere in around the seven to four two to one mark. I'd say Buccaneer of Fruity be second favourite, maybe then unquestionable, and then you're looking into the, the, the you know, the sort of others. I'll be surprised that mythology isn't at least eight, ten to one-ish. Nice each way price. Nine runners as it stands at the moment, uh, drawn for mythology. Um, Johnny, how do you see this? I think this is one of the best collections of names ever in a race. Democracy, Devious, I Am Invictus, <laughs> Mythology, Supersonic Man, and Unquestionable. Which, well, yeah. I mean, if you're talking about Andy Holdings' pro prowess, I think uh, that Wooden Bassett, uh, <laughs> son of Wooden Bassett, uh, is well named. Okay. This, Does that make I, you the supersonic man? Um, I, I'd say devious be more okay. more me, but um, yeah, um, whatever about democracy. Um, I, I, I'm going to have a cop out here. I can't bet on this race until I know the prices because yeah, it's completely yeah. price reliant. Like Andy mentions mythology, that was such a good one for some out. Seemed quite well fancied, and imagine. In fairness, Joe O'Brien, these horses generally do need a run a little bit, would come on for the run. I actually thought um, Adrian Murray's horse, Buccaneer Fuerte, he ran really well. I think River Tiber is very, very smart, and he was only beaten a length uh, in the Coventry. Uh, really, really solid run, seemed relatively well fancied. 
that seems a long time ago now. And obviously, I mean, even Democracy, I loved his run first time out. That was on heavy ground. He completely bombed out the last day at the Curragh, but I imagine he's better than that. And to be honest, I, I was a little bit disappointed. I really fancied Devious uh, at Ascot. I was a little bit disappointed in him, but I think it's significant that he turns up as quickly again. And His Majesty's run was outstanding. I backed his Majesty and elite status um, in the uh, in the Norfolk and a horse that Andy actually fancied and managed to be beaten by 150 to one, a 66 to one chance. But like people were giving out about the results of Royal Ascot, they, they weren't necessarily fluky results. Valley and Force actually a good horse, and he was probably better than his run at the Curra. Um, and I thought the form of the race was solid. And obviously he came up the near side, and he was much the best up the near side. So this is a complete cop out. But I, I I think His Majesty is going to be somewhere in the ballpark of seven to four. But I need to see prices on the race. Yeah, I think that's always uh, a fair, uh, with a betting preview, you can't really put things up without knowing the price. Um, so totally understood. And we should see, um, you know, in the next coming hours, uh, how they do price this, price this one up. But we do have prices for uh, the final race we'll be covering in earnest, which is the Irish Derby, where August, August Rodin, unsurprisingly, is the odds-on favourite, 4-11 to 11, uh, about August Rodin, uh, with White Birch, 6-1, to one. Uh, Sprayerwell 13 to 2, up and under 14 to 1, Proud and Regal 25 to 1, Adelaide River 33 to 1, Peking Opera 50 to 1, San Antonio 66 to 1, Covent Garden 80 to 1. Um, is this a procession, Johnny? Um, I don't know if it's a procession. Like, in fairness, the Derby form has worked out um, exactly as you'd have hoped um, through King of Steel. And I think, in fairness, King of Steel is forms Royal Ascot really set in stone that this was a solid derby um i know there were some you know bad luck stories in behind including uh likes of spreewell but if you watch the way august rodan went through the race and the, kind of the body language of ryan moore um i actually watched this race uh, at the back of a church at a, in a wedding and i was trying to kind of keep um keep kind of nonchalant but it was it was one of these races where like is he getting there is he getting there but if you watch it back i think ryan moore was quite confident and like Aidan O'Brien told me this horse would win the Derby sometime in, mid, in the middle of May after his Guineas run. He was so happy to sort of say that this 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 wasn't the true running of, of August Rodan at all. I, I don't know what Andy thinks, but, you know, at a galloping track like this, as much as it's going to suit Sprewell and White Birch, who are kind of staying horses who are really straightforward, there's literally nothing to suggest that to me that they're going to reverse the form. Covent Gardens is in the race. I imagine they're going to ensure Adelaide Rivers in the race. This is a race that's... August Rodin, as much as he's he's fine tactically, they just don't want it to be a messy race. This is a completely different track to Epsom. You know, you see with Westover last year how utterly straightforward it was relative to um, Epsom. And I, I'm going to be there on Sunday. I'm hoping maybe for a little bit of one to two. I'd probably back him at that. Um, and I know that's kind of been a bit pernickety, but at <laughs> one to two, I, I, can't, I can't really see him being beaten. Would I back him at sort of four to two to five? Maybe not, but... Depending on how many Guinness I'm in at 340, I'll probably back him up too. <laughs> I think he's a very good horse. And I think as well, George, the significance of this horse going forward, as much as he is out of a Galileo mare, the significance of him as a stallion could be really, really big. Um, and I, I don't, nothing can win the race that didn't run at Epsom, I think. And on the Epsom form, he's a certainty. Two on, a uh, few Guinnesses down. Johnny will be getting involved. Andy, what price would it take for you? Um, well, I, I was a, I was a relative non-believer um, of August Rodan going into the derby. I, I I couldn't have been so confident as many were. Um, obviously, you know, you don't get to see the horse work at home and 
uh, all the all the sort of vibes that come out of that stable are telling you one thing and your eyes are telling you another. Uh, so I went with my eyes and the guineas run and I'd, I'd have to reform, reform my opinion, of course, of him mm. after the derby because everything about his derby run suggested he is the top class colt that they thought he was prior to it to at Newmarket. The way he strode out, the way he picked off King of Steel has gone on to advertise the form, of course, at Royal Ascot. Suggests that we're dealing with a, an above-average Derby winner. The time figure was very good. He's back in sectionals as well. He did 33-1, I think it was, um, from three out, which off, off the top of my head, I think there was only one horse that went quicker on the day. Uh, that might have been the dash as well. I think that was the, the five-furlong dash. So he's obviously got a huge turn of foot, allied to the fact that he stays really well. Um He's proven over a you know a stiff track like Epsom. Everyone thinks it's oh, because it's downhill, it's not stiff, but you do need to get every yard of a mile and a half there. So the core is bound to be even more in his wheelhouse. He's drawn one as well. I know there's only nine runners, but it'll mean that Ryan Moore's got the luxury of just holding his position on the inside without having to do any work. Um, so I'd imagine at the top of the hill there at the core, he'd be no worse than third or fourth on the rail, presuming that one stroke, two of his stabber companions are, are cutting out the donkey work to make sure that it's a it's a sound test. The only other betting option I could see in this race, because Johnny's obviously going to have a 2001 August Rodan. 1,000 to 2, but 2001 would be good. Sorry, yeah, baby, yeah, baby <laughs> pardon, yeah. I'm doing the Australian... Andy the Holden old, said you give it to me, you know? I'm, do, I'm doing the old Australian um, cricket commentators, um, top five for, three, five for 343. Um... So, yeah, um, the, the only other option I can see in this race is a, is a bet without the favourite or a match bet between Spreewell and White Birch because they're priced up similarly, around about the 6-5, six, 6-1 six mark. But I think White Birch will um, uphold the form with Spreewell. I actually think they should be a little bit further apart in the betting, even though the bookmakers have you believe they've got equal chance. I think White Birch is a much better horse than Spreewell. Yes, Spreewell was uh, impeded in the run to a degree at Epsom. But to be fair to White Birch, you look how far he was beyond at the top of the hill. He ran the last three furlongs six seconds quicker than Spreewell. Wow. From, from the top of the hill to the to the winning line. Mm. So if Dylan Brown McMonagle can get himself in a position where he's covering wherever Spreewell is, and I can't see him in a nine-runner race on a more conventional track being that too far back like he was at York or he was at Epsom. He was always going to be beyond it at Epsom because that's his run style. Um but he's got such a powerful finish on him that wherever Spreewell is in head of him, I think he'll run him down and I think he'll chase home the favourite. I mean, he's not beyond the realms of possibility. He could give Augustine Rodan a race because his sectionals at Epsom were exactly the same as Augustine Rodan from three out. But the fact was that he was 10 lengths behind when he started his run and, you know, he, he couldn't make, therefore, too many inroads. Uh, but I think he's a, a smarter horse than people uh, uh, have, have probably made, have made note of and, I think so, yeah. I think that the way the race will develop, it, it'll suit his come from behind style. But the one thing that will suit him more than anything, and I think you, you need to have a look at this, is White Birch for the St. Ledger. Mm. If, if, if ever there was a horse that's crying out for a mile six and a galloping track that suits hold up horses and horses that don't have anything to do with the early speed, it's Doncaster. Ten to one. Ten to one. I mean, I've backed him for the Ledger, and I'm just hoping that. He runs another good race. If he wins, great. If he doesn't, not to worry. Second and third will be fine. But there's only other one race for him. He's not going to come back in trip. There's only what you know, all the all the other mile and a half races are probably off the agenda for him, as far as I could see. And if they just train for the St. Ledger, then hopefully we'll get a really good bet there. So I think the bet 
a match bet without spree well would be my uh, way of um, approaching the Irish derby um, on Saturday. But I do recommend White Birch is back for the St. Ledger before this weekend. 10 to 1 with Skybet, Paddy Power, and the Betfair Sportsbook for the St. Ledger. Um, only Andy Holden can put up his Irish derby bet, and it's uh, for the St. Ledger. Absolutely love it. Uh, no market as of yet uh, in terms of a match bet. I guess the other way you can maybe play that. Um, White Birch versus Spreewell match bet is in the without the favourite market, which I'm sure will be coming out in the next couple of days, where those two will probably be picking uh, favourites. Um, so that is our, at the end of our preview. Uh, Johnny, you're going, so I'm guessing you've had a, a decent look through the rest of the card. Anything uh, for the viewers and listeners to look out for uh, on the rest of the card on, on Sunday? Yeah, I, I'd agree with Andy and White Birch and the ledger as well. I think they'd be more inclined to run it than, like, I think August Rodan is a million to one to run in the ledger um, because of his stallion mm. potential. Keep an eye out for a Tower of London as well if he runs in it. He won, I, I bought um, my mate, it was his 40th birthday last last year and I bought him an anti-post bet uh, on Tower of London for the Derby um, and he did win the Derby but it turned out to be the Ulster Derby at Down Royal uh, and he didn't um, obviously win the Epsom Derby even though Aidan O'Brien actually at the time said he wouldn't put me off when I asked him could I he was, I think he was 25 to 1 or something but he, he actually looks like he's developing nicely so if he goes to Ledger I'd have a little saver on him. In terms of the Curra um, there's a very interesting runner in the seven furlong uh, race, which I think that's the 450. You're one there. Um, now she's going in a that's a that's a premier handicap for the Phillies. Um, I was actually torn between her and Villanova Queen at Royal Ascot. Um, this is a real sort of getting the the trumpet out or getting the violin out. Um, I tipped I tipped um, your one there, and rather than Villanova Queen, um, and she was a little bit unlucky. I really liked the way she rallied when she was. Um, beaten and she was kind of staying on all the way to the line so in the seven furlong race she's very interesting but that does leave the um the premier handicap over the mile open a little bit more for others and i really like blue blues emperor here i think he's a cracking attitude the form that he of the nace race that he won the last year has worked out really well navaggio who's second won well since uh faced the puck out has backed up the form often backed that horse and this horse is only three pounds higher. He's a cracking attitude. My one proviso is Ben Cohn, who rode then, um, is riding stable mate Rami. So that's a small concern, but uh, that should mm. hopefully be compensated by the price. Good stuff. Andy, anything for you on Sunday? Yeah, um, I haven't seen the decks. They're not through yet, but if um, is Tarawa running in the, the 525, the um, listed race, if she, if she goes there. She um, is. She is, yeah. yeah. I, I would say, this is a bold statement here, so I'm going to be ready to shut down in flames. <laughs> I reckon she's, a, she's a, of, of the equal or potentially in the long term, if not better than Tahira. That is a show. Wow. I, I, I thought that that was one of the most unlucky sources I've seen so far in Ireland this season. You go back, you watch that Irish 1000 guineas. She is absolutely running all over the field, going down to the two field marker. And whereas Tahira gets an absolute eye of the needle, beautiful opening to come pick up the running and, and, and run down mediate. In behind Stable's companion Tawara is having an absolute, complete and utter nightmare. And it's only literally in the last 100 yards where she finally gets a clear run. But once she does pick up and get that out, um, that daylight that she, she saw, she picked up in really, really eye-catching fashion. Unfortunately, she ran out of real estate um, mm. and didn't didn't quite um, manage to sort of overhaul the front three. But I would have backed her if she would have gone to the coronation. Um, she didn't go to the coronation. Obviously, Tahira 
quite rightly um, flew the flag for the Master Rosewall. Um, but the fact she comes here in a listed race, I mean, I mean, if she doesn't wipe, wipe the floor with this lot, I'm going to be made to look absolutely idiotic. <laughs> um, because I think she's one of the best fillies in Ireland, so over a mile. Um, so I'm hopefully she'll prove me right. Otherwise, I'm going to be um, probably having a couple of weeks off on the, on this podcast. I can, I can just envisage being in the stand at the car and somebody somebody pointing out to me or talking um, to somebody else behind my back. Did you hear Andy holding on about this horse as <laughs> they load up the stalls? And this man is desperate to win money in the second last Absolutely. after losing but it in the derby. The, the biggest foot and mouth <laughs> disease job ever if this, if this doesn't uh, run well. But Beautiful. yeah, I, again, it's all about price. Like, I mean, I'm not advising, advising everyone to back this horse at odds on, um, if it is odds on. But um, I'd, I'd be shocked if that Tarara isn't a, a, a useful filly in the making. She's going to leave behind that fourth in the Irish 1000, I think, throughout the remainder of the season. Lovely stuff. Bold thoughts from Andy to finish off the show. Uh, thank you very much to both Andy and to Johnny for sharing their thoughts, tips, insights with us over the course of the last 45 minutes or so. Have a great day at the Courage Johnny uh, on Sunday. Andy, enjoy the rest of your holiday. Uh, we'll be back again next week to preview the Eclipse. So do subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel where you can find these Odds Checker betting shows or you can find us on any podcast platform as well. Do sign, uh, do subscribe to download i've said this 500 times i can't believe i can't get it out the odds checker app or check out the site where you can find the best prices bookie offers free bets place terms and and the and other tips to uh, tip straight to the app every morning of racing and other sport as well have a great weekend enjoy the sunshine if it's still sunny wherever you are and we'll see you again next week <laughs>